provides that element. You know, uh, people in the world, they don't have a covenant with God, and they, because of that, don't have any hope. Another word for hope is expectation. They don't have any expectation, any real expectation of any good thing coming to pass in their life. And because of that, they experience hard times. They experience the curse. The only thing that you can, a person can experience outside of a covenant with God is what they can produce themselves with the arm of the flesh. But when you come in covenant relationship with God, you can experience him and the power of his resurrection. That separates us from the, from the unbeliever. We have, because of our covenant relationship with God, we can experience the very wealth of God, the very best that God has to offer. That's why it's so important that the believer understand his covenant. It's, a, it's, it's important that the believer understand what belongs to him has a covenant right. And the, the problem is a lot of believers don't even know that they have a covenant with God. Now, a covenant in definition is a binding agreement between two or more parties. That's what that word covenant means. It's a binding agreement between two or more parties. And what we have through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is that agreement that God has with Jesus Christ that we get to share in because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're going to kind of talk about tonight. We're going to uh, allow God to reveal to us the things that belong to us as our covenant right. And as we understand these things, and as we start appropriating the covenant of God through faith in, in the covenant, we're going to start seeing God's power released in our life. So um, let's now go to uh, the book of Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11. Verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The Bible says that the people who do know their God are going to be strong and do exploits. Now, to know God is to know his covenant. Without a knowledge of his covenant, we can't be strong, nor can we do exploits in his name. But once we come, become aware of the covenant that we have with him through faith in Jesus Christ, we can experience this power that God wants us to experience. We can receive from God those things that are ours as an inheritance. And as we understand these things, God will bless us with great strength. Okay? So the covenant of God are the covenants of God. You have the Old Testament or the Old Covenant and the New Testament 
are ours by faith. And knowledge of these covenants gives us this strength. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 10 now. Hebrews chapter 10. So knowledge of the covenant is very important because it causes us to tap into what God has given to us through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, the covenant is the word of God. The covenants are the word of God, the Old Testament and the New Testament. God writes here in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. I want you to focus in on verse 16 first. It says, this is the covenant. The Bible talks about covenant right there. Verse 19 talks about boldness. There's a connection. Bold people are bold because they understand God's covenant. They're not arrogant. They just have understanding. A lot of people mistake arrogance, mistake boldness for arrogance. But when you understand what belongs to you has a covenant right, it'll cause you to act differently. It'll cause you to talk differently. It'll cause you to be bold in situations when other people will draw back and be afraid. It'll cause you to stand in the face of adversity and understand that greater is he that's in you than he who is in the world. You'll understand that there's no weapon formed against you that can prosper. And you'll be bold enough to declare it in the face of, in, uh, in the face of uh, troubling times and challenging times. So boldness and covenant go hand in hand. Now, I, another thing I want you to understand is I got have this in my notes. I want to say this. The covenant is a legal document. God's covenant, his word, is a legal document ratified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, the old covenant was uh, ratified by the blood of animals. And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. And it was Abraham's covenant. It was a covenant that God initiated with Abraham. Let's go to um, Genesis chapter 17. And let's look at that, what that covenant involves in terms of Abraham. I love Abraham. I, I love studying Abraham's life. Because it gives me an understanding of really what God ha- wants me to experience as a covenant blessing. Chapter 17 and verse 1. 
And when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect or be mature. That's what he was saying. God comes to Abraham and he says, walk before me and be mature or have have understanding where I'm concerned. He says, and this is what I'll do. I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. So we see right there that one of the things in the covenant that God has uh, with Abraham is God wants to multiply him. I don't know where we get this gospel where God, uh, you know, is miserly and wants to hold back. But I see in the word of God that God wanted to multiply Abraham exceedingly. The Bible says here that Abraham fell on his face and he talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made you. And I will make you exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come out of you, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. So we see here God speaking to Abraham and telling him that not only was he going to bless him, but he was also going to bless his seed after him. In other words, the covenant or the blessings of God were not going to end with Abraham, but they were going to be extended to his seed. Now what we have to understand is that when God was speaking to Abraham right there, He was also speaking to you and I. He was saying that my will is to use Abraham to be a blessing to the entire world and to his seed. Now, the seed that he's talking about right there is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the the, the promise or the covenant was struck with Abraham, but it was to be uh, inherited by Jesus himself. So when he came to the earth... He being that righteous seed had a right to every blessing in the covenant. Now, the good part about all that is this, that Jesus has chosen to share his inheritance with us. Hallelujah. In other words, everything that belongs to Jesus, belongs to you and I, has a covenant right. Now, the reason most people don't experience the benefits of the covenant is because of a lack of knowledge. Now, God says this, that my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. There, his, his, he says, my covenant people are destroyed because of what they don't know or what they don't understand. And what God wants to give us tonight is understanding where the covenant is concerned. See, in the covenant, it promises deliverance every single time. It promises power over all the power of the enemy. It promises a great life in Christ Jesus. But what we have to do is we have to understand the covenant and tap into it 
by faith. All these things are by faith. Now, Abraham's seed, and we're going to get off into some of, the, uh, some of his uh, uh, descendants. Abraham's seed, the only way that they can experience the benefits of that covenant is if they believe that covenant. And uh, we're going to touch. We're going to touch on. I think we're going to go to uh, Joshua first. Let's go to the book of Joshua, chapter one. Joshua, chapter one, verse one. Now, after, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land that I will give you, even to the children of Israel. Now, the children of Israel are the descendants of Abraham. And the Bible says in verse 3, this is a promise. This is a covenant promise in verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the, going, unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Here's, verse 5 is another covenant uh, promise. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. So we see God speaking to Joshua covenant promises that were in line with the covenant promises that he gave to Abraham. God told Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you. And I'll curse those who curse you. And that same promise, we see it flowing down to Joshua. But in order for Joshua to receive the covenant blessings or the promise, he had to believe that that same word from Abraham was still good thousands of years later. It says here, verse 6, this is what you have to do, Joshua, to possess that covenant or experience that covenant or the benefits of that covenant. You're going to have to be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall, shall you divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now in order for him to do that, or to uh, be strong like that, the Bible says that he was going to have to exercise faith. And the only way that he could exercise faith is if he got the word of God deep down on the inside of him. He had to, the Bible says in verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That is the secret right there. To you and I tapping into the covenant of God. Meditation on the covenant is essential if we're going to experience the covenant. 
Because there are going to be things and circumstances and challenges that come against you that would cause you to be fearful. But if you don't, but if you meditate on what the word says more than what you're going through or more than what you're experiencing, God says, you will experience my covenant. So meditation on the law would cause Joshua to possess all the land that God had promised him or to experience the covenant benefit. So, that leads me to understand something. If I'm going to possess the land that God has given me in terms of the victory of the cross of Christ and the benefits of it, I'm going to have to become a student of the Word of God. I'm going to have to engage myself to a a point where the Word of God becomes the most important thing in my life. That the covenant blessings of God become more important than my next breath. Amen. Now, the, now let me get some water. I get excited when I start talking about the covenant. In order for you and I to, to possess the things that God wants us to possess, the word of God or the covenants have to become important. They're going to have to be something that we don't just study once in every blue moon. We're going to have to study the Word of God, the Bible says, on a consistent basis. It says day and night. Why is that? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. In order for faith for the promises of God or the covenant of God to become larger than the things that we're going through, We're going to have to be like Joshua and meditate on it. And we're going to have to believe that those ancient promises are still real today. They're they're relevant today. Joshua had had to look at the promises of Abraham. And even though Abraham had been dead for hundreds of years, he had to believe that those same promises were relevant for his life. We have to understand that the promises of God are the same way with us in this dispensation. See, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. The covenant that he walked in, which was the Abrahamic covenant, by the way, is the same covenant that we can walk in. And the Bible says that the works that he did shall we do also because of the covenant. And greater works shall we do because he has gone unto the Father And he's opened the door for us to experience manifold blessings through the blood of of the cross. Now, I just said a lot. But what I want you to understand is it's possible for you to walk in the very power that Jesus walked in. If you understand what he understood. If you understand that the book has not changed. If you understand that God has not changed. That he wants to bless you. Just as much as he wanted to bless Jesus when Jesus walked the earth. Joshua apprehended the promises of God, led Israel into conquest, into the new, into the new, new territory, because he trusted in his covenant. We're going to have to become people who trust in the covenant of God, which is the word of God, beyond anything that we see, hear, or feel. We're going to have to go to that next level if we're going to expand. We will go to the next level. 
God's about to take his people to a level that they have never experienced before because he's, he's going to reveal to them the eternal life that's on the inside of them. We're going to start tapping into that which God has uh, given to us by inheritance, which is this eternal life. Eternal life. We were, we were in prayer last Saturday. Was that last Saturday, Mike? And the Holy Spirit spoke, and he said that he's going to, God's going to reveal to his people the beauty of eternal life, the excellence of eternal life. And this is one of the things that he said. That eternity for the believer starts the moment you're born again. You don't have to wait until you die and leave this body to experience eternity. You can experience eternity right now simply because you are an eternal being right now. And that's your covenant right right now in this body to experience God's best. Hallelujah. Right now. But you have to understand what's in the covenant. You have to understand what the New Testament is all about and what it has provided you. Now, I'm a teacher, and to teach on the covenants of God would take a number of weeks. I know I can't touch on everything here. That's why I'm kind of preaching tonight. But what I want you to understand is, y'all got some great teachers in this church, excellent teachers. And I I want you to start, uh, I encourage you to start going to Sunday school, because it's doing Sunday school has the teachers expound on the word of God that these truths become real to you that the that the covenant is revealed unto you has they has has they get into the word and has they give you what God has given to them God will start revealing to you this eternal life and the beauty and the power of it and the things that you can experience right now that you don't have to wait until you get to heaven to experience some of the great things that God has for you it's in the covenant but you have to search it out Pastor Goodluck always says that precious uh, things are, fi- are never found on the surface. You have to dig them out. Hallelujah. Gold is not found on the surface. You have to dig for gold. And God wants to reveal to you the beauty of his covenant if you'll only just make it a priority. Amen. I said amen. 930 is not too early. Get here. And start learning what God wants you to learn. I'm telling you, it, God will take you to the next level in this, with this knowledge if you'll make that commitment to him. Glory to God. Now, so Joshua, the reason that he experienced the victory over his enemies was because he meditated on truth or he meditated on the law. And boldness is, the, is always the fruit of meditation. Boldness caused Joshua to enter into the the, uh, land and take the enemy's spoils. He went in boldly, and this is what we have to do. We have to understand that Satan has been spoiled. Hallelujah. Jesus has spoiled principalities and powers already for us. And the Bible says he's already made an open show of them in it. Hallelujah. He took all of Satan's armor. Hallelujah. But what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to understand that and go in by faith and start possessing some of these things that the devil stole from you. You're going to have to get tired 
of the enemy coming in and stealing from an enemy who is defeated, by the way. Because the covenant says he's been defeated. you got to believe what the word of God says. And you got to go in and be who God says you can be and do what God says you can do. I'm not so much teaching tonight. I'm preaching. But I want you to understand these things. God has some things that, that, that the Ark Fellowship here in Cyprus has got to do. But it's only going to be done by the power of the word of God. And by both his people boldly taking authority over the things of the world. How many of y'all know that the covenant through Jesus Christ, the, the dominion has been given to the church? Most Christians don't even know that, that they have dominion in the earth. Hallelujah. They have authority in the earth because of the blood of Jesus, because of the New Testament or the new covenant. Part of that is to, to walk in power and authority over every devil in hell. Hallelujah. You, you need to stop running from the devil. And the devil needs to be running from you, hallelujah. Let's start turning some of this stuff around. And let's start taking back those things that the devil has stolen. You need to make a commitment that going into 2013, you're going into 2013 with more power, more anointing, more grit than ever before. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I think it's time that the church gets excited about the things of God and about the word of God. And start going in and doing and being who God has called us to do and be. Hallelujah. This is our season. We declared that at the beginning of this year. That this is our season. Hallelujah. And we're not taking no for an answer anymore because we know what belongs to us in this book. And we'll not be denied. Hallelujah. I said we'll refuse to be refused. Hallelujah. Man, some of, some of you, 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 you're going to have to get stirred up. I'm stirred up tonight. Hallelujah. I got, to, I got to have what God has for me. I don't know about you, but I, I got to have what God has for me. I'm not, I'll not be satisfied to leave this world without glorifying my Holy Father, without glorifying my Lord Jesus Christ, without possessing the promises of this covenant. Because when I possess the promises of the covenant, God is well pleased, hallelujah, because of his son Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know, I like David because David had a spirit. David, David would play the harp and he was a psalmist and he would, you know, play beautiful anointed music one minute and then he was chopping off the head of the, a giant the next minute. David was a complicated guy, but he was anointed. And the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. Hallelujah. I think we can be anointed like that in Jesus name. Amen. I believe that's, that's the will of God, that we can be sensitive on one side and warriors on the other side. Glory to God. I think that's the will of God for us. Let's look at David's life for a minute, and let's see how he believed in the covenant. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Verse 24, chapter 17, 1 Samuel. The Bible says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. This is talking about uh, David's conquest of Goliath. And uh, you can use this as a blueprint for the conquest of your Goliath. You, I, every believer is going to face a Goliath. Maybe you haven't faced a Goliath yet. Maybe you're a new Christian. 
and you haven't faced to go lie. But some of us old heads, we didn't face some go lie. We know what go lies look like. We know his breath stinks, and we know how he looks. And David, before you're going to go to the next level, you're going to have to slay your Goliath. It says here in verse 24 again, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. So Israel saw Goliath, and it caused fear to come into their hearts. In verse 25, And the men of Israel said, they're talking to David, Have you seen this man that has come up? They're describing, they're about to describe him. Surely to defy Israel he has come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will, reward, will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. How many of y'all know that God is a good God? I said God is a good God. And the Bible says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. They're describing a reward that God has for the person that will go against a Goliath, who will not be afraid of Goliath, and will meet Goliath on the battlefield. It says here in verse 26, And David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? So David is an, an industrious young man. He asked the question, what's going to be done for the guy who kills this, uh, this Philistine? He says, I know that there's a reward, which they just told him about the reward. But he says here, this person who comes against the Philistine is the one who's going to take away the reproach. That word reproach means shame because Israel had suffered shame because all these days that they were running from a devil that was already defeated. They were in shame. It says here. For who, now David's about to talk covenant talk. Listen very carefully to the way he talks. He says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That's covenant talk. He says, who is this uncircumcised, who is this guy who doesn't have a covenant with God that y'all are afraid of? That's what he's saying in so many words. This guy doesn't even have a covenant with God and you're running from him. How many of y'all know the devil does not have a covenant with God and we do? We should not be running from the devil, but we should be chasing after the devil and putting him to flight like the Bible says in our covenant that we can do through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. David understood that. David is a man of covenant. He's a man of understanding, though. Again, understanding causes you to have boldness. And a lot of times, boldness looks like arrogance to those who don't understand covenant. But David understands covenant. That's why he's talking the way he's talking. And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. Verse 28. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why camest thou down hither, and with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of your heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see us the battle. So Eliab is confronting David because Eliab is a coward. See? Anytime you start talking faith, trust me, you're going to always run into somebody who's afraid and, 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 and they're going to try to discourage your faith. But you have to understand that you don't listen to them. 
You listen to the, what God has said concerning your deliverance. And that's what David did. David refused to listen to Eliab. Eliab was a coward, and he wasn't going to listen to him. And you know what? The devil is going to always send somebody your way to try to dissuade you from this type of talk or from this type of lifestyle. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that if God be for you, who can be against you? No one can stand against those who understand their covenant with Jesus Christ. And David's, the reason David was a man after God's own heart is because he had this mindset. And it's a, it was developed over, over time, spending time with God. This was a shepherd boy who enjoyed spending time in the presence of God. See, these things are revealed to you when you spend time with God. Your victory, the victory of the cross, is revealed to you in your prayer time with God. Deep, call it thunder deep in those times. You know, when I get along with God, God never tells me that I don't have the victory. He's always encouraging me. He's always telling me, Roy, you're going to overcome. I got a great uh, future for you. There's things that I want you to do, and I've anointed you to do them. He always encourages me. It's only when I get around unbelieving Christians when I, when, I, when I experience or hear doubt and unbelief. What you're going to have to do and what I have to do on a consistent basis is separate myself from unbelievers. Amen. If you're going to possess what God has for you, you're going to have to make a decision that you, you may have to eat your lunch alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. You may, you, may, you may have to be alone sometime because everybody is not going to be a person of faith. Amen. So the covenant that we have with Jesus Christ qualifies us for great conquest every single time. Somebody say every single time. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I'm getting encouraged tonight. I think I can whip me a devil tonight. I think I can, I think I can go to the next level in Jesus Christ tonight. I believe I can. How about you? Amen. Verse 13. And in that he saith, a new covenant he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. So again, God's talking about this new covenant. We've, we've been in the Old Testament or experiencing the old covenant, but God's talking about the new covenant which was made with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the key to David's victory was he just happened to just believe the word of God. He took God at his word. He didn't look at the circumstances. He didn't look at, you know, him being a little 17-year-old a little teenager. He just believed the word of God. And it says here in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus, by covenant, has been given all power in heaven and earth. It's his. He earned it through obedience and through his faith in his God. 
You know, Job 36, 11 says, if they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Jesus knew that his obedience and service to God would always be rewarded. That's why he's saying here, all power has been given to me because of that. Let's go now to uh, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. So Jesus has all power right now. It's been given to him. Glory to God. By his obedience. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 6. It says, And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give you, and the glory of them, for that is, de- for that is delivered unto me, and the whosoever I will, I give it. Now, Jesus is, uh, of course, these are the temptations of Jesus right here. And Satan, and Satan is, is telling Jesus that all power, that he has all power. And he did have all power at that time before Jesus took the power. But I want, what I want you to see here is that Satan tell, tells Jesus, for it's been delivered to me. And he says, I'll give it to whosoever I will. It was delivered to Satan by Adam. When Adam sinned in the garden, that's why it's going to take several weeks to kind of teach this kind of stuff. But Satan, Adam gave uh, Satan the dominion that God had given him through his disobedience. That's why when Satan told Jesus that he, he can give the power or the authority to whoever he wanted to, he was telling the truth. He was telling the truth. So power or dominion or authority can be given over and passed backwards and forwards to those who, whoever, whoever, whoever has the power, they can give it to whoever they want to. That's what I want you to see. They can give it to whoever they wanted to. And that's, what, that's the temptation that uh, Satan was using against Jesus. He says, I got the power and I can give it to you if I want to. Said that to say this. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. Verse 8, he that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So, when Jesus defeated Satan on Calvary's cross, went into hell three days and three nights, and was resurrected from the dead by the power of God, by the resurrection power of God, In doing that, he defeated Satan and took the power or took the dominion that Satan had back. Amen. I said amen. See, that is the victory of the cross. That's what he did. He he took that authority that Satan had back. Now, we understand that. But what we have to understand also, let's go to uh, uh, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Glory to God. Colossians chapter 2, verse 18. Well, that's not right. Hmm. 
Give me a minute. I got my scriptures wrong. Okay, let's look at let's look at verse ten. Let's look at verse ten. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So when Jesus took back that power or that authority, he chose to share it with us. In other words, everything that Jesus has belongs to us through faith. So that authority that Satan had, that Jesus took back, he has decided to share with us. So we are completing him. There's nothing lacking in the covenant that denies us the same power that Jesus had when he walked the earth. Let's look at verse uh, verse 15. That's really the one I want you to see. Verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So when, what Jesus did is he took back all the authority that Satan had. He stripped him of all his honor. He stripped him of all, his, of all of his authority and has decided to give it to us or has decided to share it with us. Has a covenant right, we have power over the devil. Has a covenant right, we have power over principalities and powers and over all the power of the devil. Jesus said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. And because of that, he has decided to share that power with the church. Amen. The problem is, is the church doesn't know it. The church has not meditated long enough on that revelation. They don't understand what is there spiritually. Therefore, they don't tap into it by faith. In order for you to tap into something by faith, you have to have an understanding of it. You have to, and the only way that you're going to have to an understanding of that is if you meditate on it consistently. The, new, the epistles of Paul are, are, are part of the Bible that we need to start focusing on. Colossians, Ephesians, and and, and all those scriptures like all those uh, books like that. We need to. Fo- It'll do us a year uh, uh, good to meditate on the book of Ephesians for a whole year. Just for just the book of Ephesians for a whole year, just getting it down in, in, in our spirit that we have been raised together with him and seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are we have this eternal life on the inside of us has a covenant right. And these things that belong to us, the very throne room of God belongs to the believer. We have access to the throne room of God. But again, if we don't meditate on that, and if we don't recognize that, and if we don't act on that, if we don't spend time meditating on these truths, we won't experience it. Even though it's God's will that we experience it. Now, a lot of times what, what happens is we don't have the perspective that David had. David looked at Abraham, even though Abraham was thousands of years before, and but he still believed that that promise that, that was for Abraham was for him thousands of years later. Well, we're 2,000 years removed from the cross. But what, what happens is a lot of times people believe or they, in, in their mind, they think that that power has been diminished simply because it's been a long time. But that power that, that, that raised Jesus from the dead is just as relevant now as it was when Jesus was in the bar tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. That power is still relevant, and it's on the inside of you and I right now. 
Hallelujah. But what we're going to have to learn to do is we're going to have to learn to tap into it as a covenant right. That eternal life that's on the inside of us, we've got to learn how to tap into it and pull it out and start using it against the enemy. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I want you tonight, those of you who have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, I want you tonight to start praying in the Spirit, to start praying in other tongues. And I want you tonight to close your eyes. See yourself with the thing that you're believing God for most. See yourself with that possessing that thing. And understand while you're meditating, while you're praying in tongues, that it is your covenant right to possess it. That Jesus has already bought it for you. Go ahead, play. See, your, see the dreams and the visions that God has given See the destiny that God has for your life. Let the, let the promise become real to you. Just see yourself possessing that. See yourself standing on the defeated head of Goliath. Father God, we thank you tonight. We take authority, Father God, over every principality and over every power, Father, that has called, caused us, Father, not to possess our inheritance. We believe, Father, in the covenant of God tonight. We believe in the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father. And we believe, Father God, that we are partakers of all that which the cross has, has bought for us, Lord God. We tap into that eternal life tonight, Lord God. We pray, God, that during the coming weeks and yeah, even the coming months, Lord God, that you'll reveal to us the depths of your love for us, Lord God. Father God, that your word will become flesh to us, Lord God, that we would experience, Father, our covenant rights and privileges, Lord God, in a, in a way that we've never received them before, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Father, with a head and not the tail, above only and never beneath, Father. This is the confidence that we have in you, Father, that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And if we know that you hear us, we know then, Father, that we have the petitions that you've desired for, that we've desired of you, Lord God. So, Father, we give you the glory tonight. The praise tonight. Father, we thank you, Father, that Abraham's covenant is ours. We thank you, Father, that the Lord Jesus Christ's covenant belongs to us, Father. And every benefit of those covenants, Father, we will possess. We will possess in this lifetime, Father God. We're not going to wait till we get to heaven. We will possess it in this lifetime. Now, Father, we give you the glory, the praise, and all of the honor, Lord God, for every manifestation of your spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, just claim it right now by faith. Reach out by faith and claim that stuff. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen, and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there's anybody 
who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and say, you know, uh, the greatest benefit, hallelujah, of the church is being able to lead somebody to Jesus Christ. If there's anybody here tonight who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who is not in covenant relationship with God, this is your night. This is your opportunity to experience God the way those of us who do know him that way have experienced him. So the blood of Jesus is here tonight to wash your sins away, to cause you to experience relationship with the Father. The Father we've been talking about tonight, he can be your Father also. Don't let the enemy hold you back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come forward if, if, if that's you tonight. If that's you tonight, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Well, if, if not, I'll let Pastor Andy pray us out of here tonight, and God bless you.